You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. How are you guys? Good to be with you. Welcome. My name is Sam. If we have not had the privilege of meeting, my name, that's what it looked like. Uh, Nice to see you guys. Uh, If we have not had the privilege of meeting, my name is Sam. I'm the lead pastor here. I've been here since January. Uh, In the words of Stephanie Nagel, I would consider myself newish. I like that. So uh, if you're a newish, welcome. We have something in common. Uh, Go ahead and open up your Bibles, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, For those of you who are newish, you are here at an exciting time. Uh, A few weeks ago, we held a wedding here, metaphorically speaking. Uh, And in this wedding, we changed our name from Bay Area Community Church Easton to East Point Church. And so this is our new name and our first sermon series as this church is called 1000. 1000. You see, a picture is worth a thousand words. And so for the next few weeks, we've done this for a couple of weeks, we're going to continue to do this. We are looking to the pictures of Scripture, asking God, what should we be like? What is the church designed to do? How would you like us as East Point Church to interact and conduct ourselves? And so we started our our journey through the gallery here with picture number one. We learned that East Point Church, we are like a bride. You're beautiful, yes, but I'm not talking about your physical beauty. We are like a bride that has been procured by Jesus and he is preparing us for the day that we will be walked down the aisle presented to himself. So we're getting ready. We are living this day in light of that day. Last week, we learned that we're also like a field. No, 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 not the smell. I'm sorry. I'll behave, right? We are like a field where there is life, and it is growing, and it is vibrant. And we look at this, and we say, who is to, who gets the credit for this growing field? Only God. And the leaders in this congregation that we get to lead, we are simply servants on an assignment. We, some of us plant, some of us water. We're good at different things, but God brings the growth. And then this morning, it's time for another picture. We are learning that, yes, we are like a bride. Yes, we are like a field. But church, we are also like that guy? No, no, no. Like a body. There's a nose. There are eyes, there's an ear, there's a head, all characters that we're going to hear from this morning in our passage. And so I hope you're ready because Paul is full of irony this morning and, and he's, he's kind of on his best comedic behavior. So I hope you're emotionally prepared for what Paul is going to do. But this morning we are looking at the church as a body and that is important. It is a powerful picture because not only is God looking to you saying this is what I want you to be like. He's also looking to you. You see, in this series, we are learning what we are to be collectively. But this morning, today, we're also going to learn what he has designed you to be like individually. You, church, are like a body. And you, Christian, you, brother, you, sister, you, friend, you're going to learn your role in this as well. And God has a lot to say about how you are a part of this body. And so would you like to see how you're like a body today? Are you guys ready for some metaphor? This is figurative language, so all of my friends in the room that are black and white, and you're like, just give it to me straight, this is going to be a tough series for you, because everything is a picture, everything is figurative, and so we're going to do our best to follow along with the picture. 
And so as we dive in, let me ask you a few questions to get us ready. Honest time here, okay? I just, I'm just curious. Have you ever looked around and wondered if you had something worth contributing? Have you ever looked around and wondered if someone else had something worth contributing? Have you ever compared yourself, wishing that you could do what other people do? Have you ever looked at your church, you've been a part of a church, and you've looked around and you said, man, if only we had more of this kind of person, if only we had more of these kind of people, then we would be, woo, we'd be a, we'd be a solid church. Have you ever felt less than confident about your gifts and abilities? Have you ever felt overconfident and maybe a twinge of pride about your giftedness and abilities? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, you're in good company, because I have felt all of these through the range, of, the range of emotions throughout my faith. And so we need this picture this morning. We need God to speak to us, church, and to show us how he has called us to be like the body. And so we're going to dive in here. You have your Bibles open, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to begin in verse 12. Lord, please speak to us this morning. Speak through me. Change us. Transform us. May nothing, nothing get in the way of us seeing you and your glory, Lord, and your plan for our church. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. All right, beginning in verse 12, let's dive in. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Let's pause right there. And so here we go, right off the bat, Paul is introducing a metaphor. And like I said, these metaphors are teaching us what the church is designed to be like. How should the church function? And so this morning he says, just as the body is, so it is with Christ. Just as the body functions, so it is with the body of Christ. You see, there is a picture here where we have something to learn. There is some insight to gain about the church by considering how your physical body functions. And so how does your physical body function? Well, let's see where the comparison goes, right? He says, the body is one. I am a whole, indivisible unit. My body is a single, solitary mass, right? My feet don't have a mind of their own talking to my hands, my shoulders do not have conversations with my knees, right? This is ridiculous. Get used to it. This entire passage is hilarious, all right? I am one. One body. One consciousness that is animating this physical flesh here. I am one soul. I'm just saying, one. But, you know this every time you look in the mirror, but one body has many parts. You have one body, but you have many parts. It's a little bit dated, but you could also refer to your body parts as body members. So a little bit archaic language, but you can call it whatever you want. You can call it your body parts. You can call it your body members. Uh, you, you, like think about the word dismemberment. That's what, it's literally dismembering. So again, call it whatever you want. Body parts, body members. The point is there are many members. You have a lot of different parts of your body and they all have different functions. They all have different compositions. They all look different. 
Some days you wake up in the morning and you're going to have one part of the body remind you, hey, I feel different than the other parts of my body. One body, many parts. But even as I speak here, I, I can't even get farther by saying you have many parts without having to come back and remind you. But don't forget, the body is still one. Though many, you are one body. The one has many, and the many are still one. Okay, I know. I'm repeating myself because Paul's repeating himself. That this is not a biology lesson. Paul is not interested in teaching you anatomy. He's getting you to think. He's getting you to, yeah, I'm one person, but I have a lot of different parts. Because in, in the here, so it is with Christ. So it is with Christ. The church, East Point Church, the church at large, the global church, the community of Jesus' followers, friends, we are like a body. We are one. And I think it's important to notice in this text, unity is not an aspiration. It's just a reality. Like he doesn't say, come on guys, be one. No, you are one. God has made it so. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, you were brought into this family and guess what? You were given the same Holy Spirit that I was given, that she was given, and that he was given. There's only one spirit that we all are baptized into. The same one. There, there's only one spirit that we are drinking of, meaning we are participating in the same spirit. There are no variants. There, there's no like Christian cousins, few steps removed, and I have my sect of the family and you're part of that family. No, same last name. There are no Christian cousins, only brothers and sisters. And so regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of our ethnicities, regardless of our social status, regardless of whatever we've come from, he says we are one body. And I think it's insightful when he's talking here. He says, you know, whether you're Jew or Greek, whether you're a slave or free, he's even putting his finger on some, on some examples of the things that we most often look to to define ourselves. Well, I'm, I'm Jewish. No, no, I'm Greek, right? There was a division there. Well, you're a slave and I'm free. There's a status. There's a division. He goes, no, you're not Jew. You're part of the body. No, you're not Greek. You're part of the body. No, no, I don't care about your bank account. You're part of the body. We are one. Let the weight of that sink in. Because I suspect that that right there, if we can really grasp it, that is very different than a Christianity that many of us have grown up experiencing. That many in America experience. The church is not a place that you affiliate with. The church is not an organization that you can join and that you pay your dues. Follow the metaphor, guys. This is powerfully clear. The, the, the church is a united body to which each of us belong, attached, integral parts as individual members. In, in America, right? It's like, hey, you're a Christian, you're a Christian, you guys just be in close proximity to one another, and you do your thing, and be friendly, but you know, just not too close, maybe. No, we are one. You're not just near to me, friend. You are a part of me. You don't just sit next to me on Sundays. You are a part of me, and I am a part of you. Though the body is many, we are one. We are one. And maybe you're sitting here and you're like, well, I don't even know half these people in this room. What do you mean we're one? That's why we're preaching. 
And that's why we're walking through Scripture, asking God to teach us how He's designed us. And notice, how do you become part of this body? Well, I go to church on Sunday mornings over at East Point, so I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm a member of that body. Oh, I signed paperwork once. Oh, I went to ministry partner orientation. I'm in. No, actually, I said a prayer when I was six, and so I'm in. No, actually, I raised my hand. Actually, I nailed down at the altar. Actually, I checked a box. I'm like, how do you join this family? How do you join the body? It's a spiritual body, and you can only join it by faith. I don't care if you know me, the preacher. I don't care if you know one of the elders. This is a spiritual body, and you are made one when you are given the one spirit. The body does not consist of one member, but of many, all of us, a part of this body. When you put your faith in Jesus, he saves you. He adopts you, and then he fills you with the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that we have been given. And so I'm asking you this morning, have you put your faith in Jesus? Not do you affiliate with the church. Like, have you put your trust in the person of Jesus and you believe that because of what he has done, I'm in God's family and I trust him and I follow him with my life? If that's you, he's poured out his Holy Spirit on you and you are a part of the one. And then here we talk about And then the next step is you get baptized into water as a picture that Jesus has baptized you into the same Holy Spirit. You become part of the one. We are a body, church. A body. And yet, at the same time, even in our unity and wholeness, each of us are different. You see the tension? It's like, how do I talk about one and jump back and forth? We are one, and yet we are all different. The body does not consist of one member, but of many, many different people in this room right now. Many of you are different, and you are gifted differently, and you are different parts of the body with different functions and different roles and different gift sets and different ethnicities and different temperaments and different experiences. And the world says, find other people who share those things just like you, and you affiliate with them, and you affiliate with them, and you gather over here. And what he's saying here, church, is that no, 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 you don't gather based on those things. We are one, and yes, we are different, but there is unity in our diversity. There is unity, one body, in our diversity, many members, many different members, many different functions and gifts. And each week that we're here, I'm meeting new people, and like, the diversity is growing. It's increasing. And I love it, and I'm grateful to God for it. But here's my prayer as I read this passage. May those differences never blind us to the fact that we are one. We are one. It's easy to be a small church and remember that we're one. But when you're growing, and you're meeting new people, and you're like, what, that person? Oh my gosh, my name. And, you're just like, and it's like, this, this passage is speaking so clearly to us. L- listen to the Spirit. We are one. What unites us is way more powerful than what divides us. There is unity in our diversity. We are one. And for the next few moments, here's how we're going to spend our time. We're going to look at what Paul shows us. Three mistakes. Three errors that the person next to you, not you, the person next to you might be tempted to make, Okay? Three mistakes that we in the church make that threaten the unity of our body. 
And so can I show you what mistakes I have made? Can I show you what mistakes the person next to you might be tempted to make? By the way, you're sitting next to someone, so you're the person that's next to someone. See how that works? It's a very clever preaching technique. They taught me that in preaching school. Are you ready? Let's, are you with me this morning? I love you, church. Hear that, please. I love you. This, this text has been sitting on me for a week, and so I have like 30 minutes to just give it to you. So here we go. You ready? All right, here we go. Verse 15. Look what he says. If the foot should say, all right, like, come on, comedy already. We have body parts that are speaking. Track with me. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. The first mistake that we make when we come into a church like this is that we can undervalue our part. We undervalue our part. Look at our character here. Everybody, let me introduce you to the foot. And the foot is unsocked today, all right? So we see the foot in all of his glory here, and he's seeing around. So he's clearly not in a shoe because he's looking around, and who does he see? None other than the hand. Ooh, and this foot is looking at the hand, and woo, the dexterity of those fingers, those opposable thumbs. Man, that hand is smooth. And the foot is admiring the hand, going, I wish I could pick things up like that. And maybe you're here and you're like, my foot can pick things up like that. That's double-jointed. That's cool too. But not this foot. And so the foot is watching the hand. She sees the hand in action. And as she admires the hand, she goes, man, I am not a hand. You can look around this room right now and we all see people in action and we recognize, I am not a hand. Did you guys see Daniel doing his thing this morning? Do you guys like that? I am not a Daniel. Like, trust me, you don't want, Sam, come on, no. I am not a Daniel. I am not a Ty. You're right, you can see Ty in action. Ty grows him coming over and he's building things. And it's like, can you teach me? And he's like, yeah, it's simple. You screw it in with the gun. I'm like, wow, I'm taking, I am not a Ty. I am not a Kayla. I am not a Derek. You are not other people. And we get that. But notice what's happening here admiration and appreciation of the hand soon devolve into the devaluing and depreciation of herself. Let me say that again. I like what the hand brings to the table. That soon becomes, I don't know if I have anything to bring to the table. And they conclude wrongly, I do not belong to the body. I'm not a hand. I'm not a Daniel. I guess I don't belong to the body. We undervalue our part. You see, there's another body part here speaking. Everybody say hello to the ear, right? The ear is here, pierced in all of his glory, and says, and he's comparing himself to an eye. They're actually neighbors. They're really close to each other, you know? And so he gets to see the eye in action a lot. You know what I mean? And he's looking at the, 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 the eye is looking at, or the ear is looking at the eye, and they're comparing, and he says, I'm not him. I am not playing her part, and so I don't think I actually have a part to play at all. And this unhealthy comparison leads to the same horrible conclusion. I guess I don't belong to the body. I guess I don't belong to the body. I don't, look at me. 
And Paul, he's using humor here, church, right? Because that is a ridiculous conclusion. Just because the eye, just because the foot start to undervalue themselves, start to doubt what they bring to the table, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. We need the foot. We need the ear. We need the eye. Church, we need you. We need you. We need you. And so I ask you, do you ever undervalue your unique, God-gifted contribution to his body? Do you ever wake up and you look in the mirror and you go, man, I just, I don't know, would it really be a big deal if I wasn't involved? Like, would we really be missing out on something if I were to withdraw? If I were to leave here right now, tell me, would we be any better off or any worse off? You can think that. That doesn't make you any less a part of the body. We need you. We need you to not underrate the contribution that you bring to the table. We need you to remember that we are a body. And just like every human body, we need our individual members. Otherwise, it becomes a horror movie. You have a part to play to the glory of God. And yes, you are different, but you're no less a part of the body. Because there's unity, even in our diversity. And so if you're in this room and you struggle with that, you, you, you see that mistake coming into your mind. I have a homework assignment for you, okay? Don't worry, I have a homework assignment for everybody. But here's the one I have for you. This week, when you go home, I want you to memorize 1 Peter 4.10. And any time the enemy starts to whisper, you know, you're, are you really that big of a deal? Do, are you really that Do you really have something to contribute? Hey, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as God's stewards of God's varied grace. God has graced us. He has gifted us all very differently. Use it to the glory of God. Serve to the glory of God. Serve one another. Be a steward of that gift and use it. Because there is unity even in our diversity. And so sometimes we lose sight of that by undervaluing our part. But there's a second mistake we make. Not only do we undervalue our part, look what else we do. Look at the next verse. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body but one body. Here's the second mistake we make, friends. We desire uniformity over diversity. We desire uniformity over diversity, right? We look around and we see certain people and we go, man, if the whole body, woo, look at that guy. If the whole body were him, we'd be solid. If the whole body were her, oh, just imagine what kind of church. I mean, I like East Point. We're like decent. But if the whole body had that gift, can you imagine we desire uniformity. We think, man, if we were just the same on that level, if we were just the same gift with the same contribution, we would be stronger, we would be better, we would be healthier, we would reach further, we would, whatever it is, fill in the blank. But Paul, he's in good form this morning. Somebody, somebody must have tested him before he got in the pulpit, you know what I mean? Somebody must have like razzled him right before he wrote this, and so he's just going off. He's like, hey, let's take that thought to its logical, absurd conclusion. If we were all eyes, how would we hear? If we were all ears, how would we smell? If we were all the same, if we were a single member, where would the body be? 
And so we make this mistake because we think, man, if we were all the same, we would be a better body. And he says, no, if you were all the same, you wouldn't even be a body at all. Actually, we have a word for that. It's called a monstrosity. Have you seen a giant eye lately? How would you feel if you walked in and there's just a hand just chilling up here? You know, like, look at parts of the body disconnected from the body. Nowhere in our world do we go, that's beautiful. We say, that is wrong. That is reason for concern. That is not how it's meant to be. And you would be right. And so it is with Christ. So it is with Christ. Some of you guys, man, you, you are, well, we'll get to the public versus private, but you are publicly gifted. But if you were by yourself, where would the body be? Some of you guys are behind the scenes killing the game, and, and you're like, man, well, no, they don't know what I do. You're gifted. We need you. But if we were all the same, where would the body be? We need all the parts in the body working together. Sameness just doesn't work. In my community group this week, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm being uh, educated in pop culture that I missed from the 80s. And so in my community group, we're talking about this, and I learned about a show where the character had two left feet, you know? And they were laughing, and I was like, I don't get it, but that's going into my sermon. Because how would that work if we were the same? We complement each other in our differences. Sameness just doesn't work. And not only does it doesn't work, that's not how God works. Look what he says here. Who arranged the members? Well, you see, I studied in college, and so I acquired this gift, and I actually watched a YouTube video, and so I learned. No, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them. Friend, the gift that you have, the part that you play, your unique contribution, God chose that. When God knit you together in your mother's womb, he didn't just fan out the gifts and say, pick a gift, any gift, what do you want? It's not random. In his sovereignty, he has designed you and he has put you together just like a body, right? The knees are connected to the thigh bones and the thighs are connected to the hip bones. Like he's arranged them so that they work. And I get it. I'm preaching a sermon about the body and all I can hear you guys saying is, my body doesn't work anymore. I, I get it. This is a healthy body in 1 Corinthians 12. This is a functioning, young, vivacious body. So we can all, all of us over the age of 30, we can lament our knees later. But you get my point. God has arranged the, the body. And so, what body part are you? What role do you play? What gift and contribution do you bring? There are some gifted leaders in this room, and I'm looking at them. There are gifted administrators and you guys, you know Excel like it's a language, and you're, just like, and you're just putting things together and organizing. We have gifted teachers in our church. Do you know that some of the most gifted teachers in our church, you'll never see them right here? Because they're up there. Like literally right now, some of the best teachers in our church are teaching our kids. Administrators, leaders, teachers. Some of you guys have the gift of hospitality, right? Where like, whereas others of us, the idea, somebody's come over to my house and you just freeze, and you're like, And then there's other of you that you just, action, boom, boom, like there's a pie. It's like, when did you get a pie? You never know when somebody's going to come over. You know, like that was my mom. It was like the gift of hospitality. All of you are so uniquely, beautifully gifted, each one of you. And it's because God has arranged you that way. God has arranged you to be the role that he's designed you to be. And so when we desire sameness, when we wish that everybody was the same, we're effectively saying to the creator, 
I have a better idea. I know better. I have a better arrangement for how this body could be. And God says, no, two ears are enough. One nose is enough. Two feet are great. Right? God put us together how he wants us. And so we need to remember, yes, there is unity even in our diversity. And so, next homework assignment. For those of you in the room who you look at this and you go, man, sometimes I do elevate. And I go, man, I, I wish more of us were like this. Or I wish that we had more of this kind of person in our church. Or I, yeah, sometimes I'm discontented with the makeup of our church. But I wish we had more of these parts. I want you to memorize the verse that we're in right now. If all were a single member, where would the body be? Where would the body be? If all were a single member, where would the body be? Maybe you need to memorize this because you look around to others and you're just like, what part do they play again? Is that the appendix? Because I only feel him when he's hurting and, and unhealthy, right? And exploding in my gut. No, that's not sure. Where, where, where would the body be if all were the same? We all have a part to play. Even you. We need you, church. There is unity in our diversity. All right, let's look at the final mistake we make in the body. The last few verses here. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, we all suffer. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Here's the last mistake we make, friends. As we look around to the diverse giftings in the body, we disregard others. And so here we go, our final characters. We have the ear or the eye and the head. They are talking and they are just dripping with arrogance. These are things that you would never, likely, never catch someone saying out loud but they would be wondering it internally, inflating their own importance as they look to the hand and they wonder, what role do you even play? What, why are you here again? Why do we need this guy again? What does he do? And I just think it's so ironic here. I don't know if Paul did this on purpose, but the very member that was being admired by one is being disregarded by another. You see that? There's no logic to how the body and these, these mistakes that are made. In their pride and their self-importance, they fail to understand that even though the hand's contribution is different, even though the foot's contribution is different, even though the foot's contribution is less flashy and less obvious, it is just as much a vital part of the body. And so they wrongly conclude, I have no need of you. Again, I, I don't know if Paul meant it this way in the metaphor. I don't want to push it too far, but I, I do think it's ironic that the eye and the head are falling into this trap. 
the eye and the head, the most visible, the most public, the things that you would normally see first. I just think it's curious that maybe they, maybe those of us in this room who our gifts are more public and out there and noticeable, is it possible that maybe we are most at risk of succumbing to this temptation, of disregarding and looking down on others? You see, it's very easy to think that the public, the highly visible, the strongest parts are the most important parts. That's all we need. All we need are the strong, public, visible parts. And he says, on the contrary, that's not even how your physical body works. There is more of your body that is un, un, or clothed and unseen than the parts that are seen. He goes, on the contrary, the parts that you think we don't need, you actually care on those even more. The parts that seem to be weaker, follow the metaphor here, the parts that are less honorable, the parts that are actually unpresentable, aren't those the parts that are the most vital? Aren't those the parts that actually receive greater attention and greater care and greater honor and greater modesty? Isn't that how we treat the parts that are unseen? We don't disregard the smaller and less public parts of our body. We actually tend to the more. So it is with Christ. So it is with Christ. The parts of our body, the roles in our congregation that are less public, the roles that you guys play that are less noticeable, those are not to be ignored. Those are not to be dismissed. Those are not to go, Psh, those are irrelevant. Why do we need them again? We need those unseen parts. Maybe even more, right? Like, I, I could preach a sermon. You're like, yeah, we need, yes, we do need that. Absolutely, we need the word of God. But do you know how much went into getting this moment ready? Like, how can I preach without the sound guys and without the printer people who print this and without the people who organize the Bible? I mean, just, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, we need every part and we will not remember that if we are disregarding others. See, this is how God designed it. God designed it that the public strong parts need the private weak parts and vice versa. There is a symbiosis here. There is a, there's a, a, a um, what's the C word? We need each other, all right? I just went blank there. We need each other. We need each other, all right? God designed it because he complement. There's a complementary nature to these parts and he designed them because he doesn't want there to be any division in the body. He doesn't want there to be a division between the strong and the weak, between the public roles that get a lot of face time and then those who are private roles with less attention. And so rather than letting those differences divide us, he says, no, I'm actually going to design it to where those differences cause you to actually need to care for one another. You are actually going to be dependent on one another. And so if one of us suffers, we all suffer. If I step on your foot really big with my, with my Ty Grossman-sized steel toe boots, your hand is not going to go, woof, I'm glad I didn't get stepped on. Your whole body is going, ow, right? But on the other side, right, have you ever been in a, have you, this is so transparent, right? I have been in situations where I see people get credit, and the first thought that comes to my mind is not, wow, good for him. So glad I go, they didn't see what I did. <laughs> really? 
And instead of rejoicing with the fact that they got honored, we go, but what about me? As if we're different. How come this hand didn't get recognized and this hand didn't? The body got recognized. And so when one person gets recognized, we all rejoice together because we got recognized. Your wins are our wins. And your pain is our pain. Again, it's very easy in a church setting in America to just think, well, I'm doing me because we're individualistic and we just want me to win and self-preservation. But there's no such thing as a body part doing self-preservation. I, I can cut my arm and guess what? If I bleed out, my foot is dead. You know what I'm saying? This is going against every grain in our body that wants to focus on me and we're saying, church, we are one. We are one, and if we are going to get going here at East Point Church with any level of traction, with any level of health, with any level of a a conviction that our gospel is true, it's going to need to come from a body that understands that we are one, that is not plagued with these mistakes of disregarding others, of desiring uniformity over diversity, or of undervaluing our own roles. We are one, and there is unity in our diversity. And so if you're here and you're ever tempted to disregard someone, if you're here and you ever find yourself going, shh, what does that person even do? Here's what the Bible says to you. And I want you to memorize this, all right? Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And so here's how I would like us to respond this morning. That's our text. This is God's word for us. And so very practical here, very practical. As the band comes up or Daniel, here's my question for you, okay? My question is, East Point Church, which of the three are you most prone to make? Which of the three are you most prone to make? I don't need an answer now, but I want you to think about it. I want you to look into the mirror of God's word and go, God, where do I see me in this? And then share it with your community group this week. Maybe community group leaders. That'd be a good move. Maybe like the first five minutes of your group. You can just ask, hey, so which one of those do you need to to focus on? And then which scripture are you memorizing? Which of the three do we need to ask? God, please change me. Please fix my heart so that I am not splintering the unity that you literally died for. Which of the three? And then my second call to action here friends, is that I want you, as a member of the body, I want you to ask, where will you serve? Where will you serve? Well, they got a lot of people that do that. They don't need me. What? We need you, foot. We need you, hand. We need you, pinky. We need you, eye. We need you. And so where will you serve? And here's what I want to be very clear. When I say serve, I'm not talking about the traditional, we have five teams in the church, and if you don't fit into one of the five, then you better just shoehorn it in. We don't just serve in the church, we serve as the church, okay? And so, there may not be a Sunday morning team that you serve in. Gasp, that's okay. Because there's so many more ways to serve. It's not just, do you like children? Serve in children. Do you like teenagers? Serve in youth. Do you like music? Serve in the band. I can't do anything else. Well then, can you ush? That's what an usher does, I think. They ush, right? Can you usher? You know, I don't know. I just, I never really felt comfortable with that team in particular. But that's not how it works. Some of you guys are serving in our community right now. And people are going to look at you on a Sunday and be like, what's your role? You go, dude, I just walked 
I walked on Saturday for the, for the walk, you know, the, the suicide prevention awareness walk. Like, I walked. Hey, I coached for four hours on a Saturday morning, like with toddlers, teaching them how to play soccer. That's serving. Serve as the church, in our community. Whatever your role is to play in the kingdom, we need you. And so play it. Play it. So serve as the church, but then also serve in the church. I mean, why do we have to choose? Serve in the church. And so maybe you're here and you're saying, I know exactly what I want to do because God has already put it on my heart. Text us. And you know what you say in that text? It doesn't matter. Just say, put me in the game, put me in the serve, serve, some variation of that, and we will get back at you, okay? Text us. You want to get involved? You want to show up here at 6.30 on a Sunday morning and help us set up chairs? We'd love that. You want to be one of the 64 people upstairs that can do a glue stick or teach or cut out Noah's Ark? We can use that too. Whatever it is, just text us. We'll get you in the game. Or maybe you're here, maybe you're even newer to the faith, and you're saying, like, I don't don't really know what part of the body I am. That's the best thing you could have ever said, because that's like my favorite thing. And so we're actually right now in the process of writing a new class called Discover Your Design, serving at East Point. So whether you've been a Christian for one day or a thousand years, okay? If you say, man, I want to learn, like, what, what am I good at? How can I get involved more as the church and even in the church? Come, you can sign up at the Connect counter. If you have the Church Center app, at, as always, you can sign up for those things there. But come, let's have fun. Let's have a meal, and let's talk about how God has designed the body. Because there is unity, church, even in our diversity. Even in our diversity. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the church. Thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to procure a people for yourself. Lord, I thank you that when you ascended, when you went back to heaven, you sent us the Holy Spirit. And as that same Holy Spirit, one spirit comes into each of us, it manifests itself differently. There are different gifts. We are empowered to do different roles. We are good at different things. Each one of us has a gift from you. And I pray, Lord, that we would use those gifts to your glory. That we would use those gifts in such a way where the the comparison that plagues the world, we would be free of it. Where the judgment, Lord, and the, the disregarding others that is so prevalent in our world, that we would be free of it. Please, Father, protect your church and make us a healthy body. Make us a united body. A body that is smooth and well-functioning because all the parts are working together, doing their part, Lord. May this body run to the glory of God, Lord, as we seek to reach the shore. Father, we love you. We thank you for teaching us. We thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. It's your stories that encourage us and what we do, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast at epeaston.com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.